the indenter here, and coming to you from an undisclosed location. No, it's not Roncorn. Why would you think that? Anyway, thanks to our patrons, Scribbles and Carlo, and to Dungeons, and also Dragons. Have a probably bad day. Hello and welcome to Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. And today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... Premonitions are notoriously hard to implement in role-playing games, what with player agency and avoiding railroading and so forth. Solve this by having all premonitions only show events that will happen six billion years and have no relevance to the actual plot of the game. So my immediate thought on this was predicting future religions and then figuring out who's going to start them and just cozying up. I don't think any religion has ever lasted six billion years, but nor has the human race yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, first time for everything. Yeah, gotta get in there early. Yeah, my first thought was to try and find ways to die in such a way it really fucks with future paleontologists. I mean, that's just the dream anyway. Yeah, I want my body to be fossilised, but like, holding a dinosaur fossil. Now, the archaeologists had figured that out really quickly. What I need to do is clone a dinosaur and die holding that. Yeah. Then the carbon dating will confuse them. Mm. Like, what will be happening? Like, how long does the Earth have left to live? I have no idea. Let's find out. How long will the Earth last? Okie dokie, um... But then this might not be Earth, this might be like Faerun or something. The Earth will be habitable in, um... Oh no, the Earth will still be here in 6 billion years, it will cease being habitable in 2 billion years. It'll cease being habitable in about 20, let's be real. True, it'll cease being habitable by the time this podcast is out. (laughs) Um, Thank you for listening to this in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Like, I think what you would have to do... So I feel this could work in a world with astronomy, where astronomy is real. Oh. Because, you know, in six billion years, the stars will have changed. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, prepare for that. Like, what you would need to do is you have all those kind of, ah, I will return when the stars are right. So you set up a thing that will return when, like, I don't know, the North Star goes out. And then, boom, you're six billion years in the future, and presumably whatever problem you've been dealing with is long gone. I love this idea of a character. premonitions now. Yeah, I like. I love the idea of this character who like finds world apocalyptic threats and deals with them by jumping forward to the future where they're no longer a problem. It's like I... Riverdale, but in reverse. <laughs> Invented a time machine. I use it purely to escape my responsibilities. What you do is you have a bunch of premonitions. Of six billion years in the future. Then you cryogenically suspend yourself for six billion years. Mm. And when, then when you emerge, people think you're a regular psychic. Or you give yourself a prediction, like, you wait 20 years, you cryogenically phrase yourself for six billion years, you come out, you just stand reciting important things that will happen over the next 20 years, and then when past you 
look six billion years into the future, they'll see you reciting important events, and thus will learn what's going to happen in the next 20 years. Genius. This does depend on you being able to live for six billion years, which, Ben, no, Well, you that's why you cryogenically freeze yourself. Yeah. Okay, so I think the main problem here... You just need having... to maintain power for six billion years, and it'll be fine. I think the problem is six billion years is a long time, which is a problem in a lot of areas of my life. Um, like, what you could do, I guess, if you, can't, if you don't think you're going to be able to, like, provide a power supplier that will repay you for six billion years of energy, mm -hmm. um, you know, cost of living crisis and all that, um, what you could do is, like, you um, pass it on to your children that in six billion years they need to stand at this place and recite major historic events. They passed on to their children, they passed on to their children. And now we're back to your idea, because we started a religion, <laughs> which is entirely based around providing helpful advice for this one guy six billion years ago to fight a goblin. To be fair, I did not consider making yourself the centre of the religion. Mm. But I don't know, like, depending on how, like how paradoxical time is allowed to be this could work in order to save the planet like you have an apocalyptic threat you have a vision of your great times you know 300 million um grandchild reciting how you solved the problem mm. you fix the problem and then you just pass on that knowledge down the generations yeah I guess the alternate view is you're like, they're like, oh no, the world will end. And then you look forward six billion years. Is the world still there? If yes, then you could just go home and have a nap. Everything's going to be fine. See, now we have the issue of the world ending in the literal sense versus the world ending in the metaphorical sense. But if they don't want to be clear in their instructions, then they can't blame me for misinterpreting it. I say... Who is they? I assume the quest giver or like the panic citizens going, oh my god, that thing's going to destroy the world. I'm like, I don't think it is. I think it's just going to destroy humanity, actually. Ha ha ha, I'm enlightened by my own intelligence and I'm disintegrated. Well, actually, the planet will still be here. There just won't be any life on it. <laughs> you campaign where you have to persuade Neil deGrasse Tyson to save the world without using any <laughs> technically inaccurate language. Um... Like, I guess, actually, I guess you could use this for science. That might be an actual practical use for it. I don't I think six billion years might be too far in that case. Like, the technology would be so advanced. Like, you know, like, like it's oh, like showing an amoeba the internet. You're, you're inventing make. cosmic horror. Forward six billion years and it instantly take 100 sanity damage from seeing what Tumblr has evolved into. Weirdly, it's exactly the same, but they finally overturned the porn ban. There are memes that are so advanced they'll fry your skin off. Like, I was thinking more in a sense of like looking at astronomical phenomena and stuff. Like, ooh, let's see what will happen to the sun in six billion years. Oh, it's grown a face. We should probably update our scientific theories. Are you telling me that Teletubbies is set six billion years in the future? Yeah, that's what humans will evolve to. <laughs> I am pretty sure we are understating how long six billion years is, but like... Science isn't real. That's a hot take. Numbers don't exist. All numbers are equal. Yeah, for, for reference, six billion years ago, 
is possibly the big bad. I think it's four. Okay, let's let's look it up. So six billion years ago. So Earth is like the Earth is less than five billion years old. Yeah, the Earth is four and a half billion years old. Okay, six six billion years ago is slightly more recent than Alpha Centauri. Um, how old? I hope you enjoyed these scientific facts. I'm sure you listened in for. So we're not introducing amoeba to the internet. We're introducing hydrogen to the internet. Okay. Yeah, the universe is 13 billion years ago, so it's like just under half the age of the universe. You know. <laughs> All those wacky hydrogen memes. The thing is, hydrogen far outnumbers humans, so they'll take up most of the internet. It's gonna it... be... Just if you're hydrogen. listening to this, send us a hydrogen meme. Hydrogen memes, hydrogen advertisements, hydrogen blogs. <laughs> That's it, it's hydrogen.tumblr.com. I'd take 1d100 sanity damage from realising hydrogen atoms are sapient. Um, but yeah, I think... Because I feel like being only able to see maybe not six billion years, maybe that's a bit too far, but like only able to see like a hundred thousand years in the future could be gameable in various ways. See that I can see working in a fantasy setting because there's a lot yeah. of stuff that's like a hundred billion years, a hundred million years ago, there was this guy. A <laughs> hundred million years ago, there was this guy as my favorite fantasy series. Although, I don't know, 100 million years ago was still... Yeah. What is that, dinosaurs? Yeah, that's dinosaurs. Yeah, I think... Yeah, so, like, thousands of years will work for human scales. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to see, like, you know, future civilizations. And there you might steal technology. Um, millions of years is, like, you'll be able to see future species. Who knows, that might be useful. And billions of years is the heat death of the universe. Yeah, billions is you look forwards and the sun is gone. And then you go to people and go... Actually, I guess you go to people and go, I predict that a great darkness will descend upon land and they'll panic and then you'll be able to giggle to yourself <laughs> as you mean in six billion years. I like looking forward to when the sun is no longer there because then presumably you don't actually see all that much. Like <laughs> You'd see, see some stars, but they're different stars. Hmm. There's one guy who thinks he can only see six billion years in the future, but he can actually only see at night. Like, he's seeing next week, he's just seeing it in a dark room. I like Curse of Night Vision. You can yeah. only see at night. I have night vision. What I do not have is light vision. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think I do like the idea of, like, sort of fixed future duration um again maybe not six billion years mm -hmm. but fixed future duration premonitions because like if you look forward to say a year in the future like that's not going to immediately help you with what's steve planning against us today but you know it'll provide some clues mm -hmm. Yeah, because like I feel that's a, I feel that might actually be a good way to have premonition be useful in the game without it completely railroading everyone. 
Yeah, because it's so far ahead that there's multiple ways that it could come yeah. about. But it's still like near enough that it could be useful to know that like in a year this kingdom's going to have collapsed or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there we go. Um the ant- Yeah, six billion is too big a number. Make it smaller. <laughs> probably I mean, it's probably best not to give your characters six billion of every anything. Have you considered like, just making it six? Like six seconds, six minutes? Six centuries. I could look forward to six anything. (laughs) But only six. People trying to, like, wrangle it, like, six fortnights. Especially like this, because it implies you have, like, a premonition spirit. Oh, in in this situation, I'm imagining, like, a genie or something. Yeah, it's like, I will show you six future anything. It's like, okay, I'd like to see six Two and a half days in the future. Seconds <laughs> is around. So there is some sub like there is some precedent for D D time being fundamentally based on sixes. Oh no. So maybe that's how it works. You can only see six forward into the future. And more powerful divination spells just change the units. I don't like that I've been accidentally cannon compliant. Yeah. Last time on Tales of Morterra. Awesome. 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 We can't like tread upon <laughs> our previous year. I thought she was going to try and earn surf on the horse. Get, get dead? Yeah. You want to kill me? I'm a wizard. I've always got plans. Tales of Morterra, an actual play podcast. Available wherever you're listening to this right now. Two questions. So speaking of, like, canon compliancy, our first question is from Anon, and is it a bad idea to have a baseball arc? Explain how this relates to canon compliancy. Is this this filler episode? Your setting either has baseball in it or doesn't. Uh, Either way, it's canon compliant. (laughs) Everything's canon... Everything's, everything's canon compliant if you make it canon is not an argument. Everything's canon compliant either in the sense of it's a thing in canon or it's opposed to canon and thus enforces the concept of canon compliancy by its absence. See, that's the philosopher's answer. Yeah. Anyway, um, should... I think it's a good idea because you have to do it better than Twilight did. Mm. Um, I think case of a lot of ideas yeah is it a good idea to have sexy vampires in my game yes as long as they're better than twilight is it still cool to like call twilight bad are we gonna get angry letters in our email box i think we circled back round from it's bad to you guys just don't like female films to actually know it's still bad um but to be slightly more relevant I think that it's obviously like it's good to have downtime and mm. why not have a whole downtime arc? I think yeah. that's a great idea for some real character development. Yeah, like I feel like a lot of RPGs do have the problem that everything's extremely high stakes. You gotta save the world or save some people or dop Cthulhu. It's very often Cthulhu. 
And I think that, yeah, you know, Cthulhu's just challenging you to a baseball match. Which is canon compliant, because nowhere in any of Lovecraft's books did he say Cthulhu hates baseball, prove me wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, Cthulhu is dead for most of Lovecraft. We don't know what he'll do when he's free. Mm. Everyone assumes it's going to be ravaged the world. It might be baseball. Maybe he'll ravage the world in order to create a Cthulhu-sized baseball field. Yeah. Cthulhu rises up and forces all of us to take part in baseball games for all eternity. Use a very frightened pufferfish as a as a baseball. Like I think the baseball arc, you should have like a dice, and every every like hour of your session you roll it, and if you get a one, the baseball arc starts now. You throw but... a d one hundred at your DM, and they have to hit it with a baseball yeah. bat. I I was thinking game and idea of like. Okay, baseball arc, you say, pulling out a baseball and pitching at your DM as they take a sip of drink. Listen, people need more exercise, mm. and why not a fun game of baseball? Um, what was, yes, but like, I just like the idea of like, you fit like, you know, you roll a dice and then at a random point the monster's trying to eat you, throws you a baseball bat and takes out a ball. I don't think I've done that haunt in Betrayal at House on the Hill. <laughs> Like, this is a reverse haunt, where you're all monsters, and then to random point one that turns out to be a perfectly nice guy who just wants to have fun. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not seeing a downside. Like, as long as your players aren't expecting a, a like, grim mm. and gritty, death is real and forever kind of campaign, I think it's a good idea. You could have a grim and gritty, death is real and forever baseball lark. Elaborate. Um, so I'm sure there's some kind of dystopian novel where there's a sniper watching you and will shoot you if you don't baseball. Like, you know, you could have the baseball arc have have stakes, like you're baseballing. I think what I'm coming up with just is like Dragon Ball, but not as good. <laughs> like Dragon Ball, but it's baseball. I was thinking of that baseball episode in steven universe hmm yeah i guess like the other way is like if you have a dark setting you can have like you have a post-apocalyptic world and it's all survival and stuff but you know the mutants and the robots have set up a baseball game and like i feel like it can fit in a dark and gritty setting as a kind of take a break from thing see now i'm thinking for a future um patron game we need to make like baseball for your soul <laughs> yeah you had satan has challenged you to a baseball match uh, this would be much easier if i knew anything about baseball i know there's a bat and a ball sometimes like... they're loaded mm. i assume with cheese i assume the baseball player just has a gun only there the sniper <laughs> That's how you have the dark and gritty baseball thing. <laughs> I throw a ball with one hand and shoot it to you with the other and you have to choose which to block with your bat. Second question. Our second question is not baseball related, but might be canon compliant. Uh, from Sharkrad 08222222. Any bunny and burrows ideas? thought about bunnies and burrows. Hmm. In that I haven't heard of it before today. So, 
bunnies and burrows is it's a game like you know Watership Down. I know of it. I've never read or watched it. Okay. Well, you know bunnies and burrows. It's kind of like that. Um, my my awareness of Watership Down and tell me how accurate this is. There's some rabbits. They're maybe at war, and mm. then a bunch of rabbits die. Yeah, it's basically a horrifying experience for rabbits. Okay. Um, but yeah, bunnies and burrows, you're all bunnies. Uh, you live in a burrow, you're all sentient. And, like, various humans are showing to fuck up your burrow in various ways. And you would quite like them not to. Okay, so it's, it's a realistic bunny experience. Yeah. Uh, there's also predators, there's, natu- there's like natural disasters, there's basically, being a wild animal sucks, especially when you're one that's small and delicious. Mm-hmm. Okay. In which case, my bunnies and burrows idea is that you have to just keep burrowing deeper and deeper to escape from all of these horrible things, and then you encounter the bunny morlocks. Hmm. Bunny Morlocks, because bunnies live underground anyway, so I want to know what They don't these... live exclusively underground, though. Ah, so these ones are Like, just they live underground, there. but they work above ground. They commute between the These are like unemployed bunnies. You have to convince them to get gainful employment, rather than running a podcast. Hey, I just <laughs> as well. Um, I, I'm I went the Morlock. To, I went to two meetings today and everything. Yeah, I'm the Morlock in this situation. I am giving you this from the cave in which I'm eating a, eating a sea slug. Why the fuck a sea slug? Anyway. Because it's a sea cave, obviously. Yeah. I, Are you I, not I, a sea witch? <laughs> I do live at the bottom of the ocean now. Um, my, like, my genuine idea for bunnies and burrows, which I did put on the blog, but which I do like, is like... You have hairs in bunnies and burrows, so they're like these things that superficially look like the same species as you, but are incredibly alien. Oh, like Uncanny Valley bunnies. Yeah, because like, you know, because I just like that's the kind of concept of, you know, you got these things and at first glance they look like a rabbit, but then, you know, they're very clearly not. Given the relative proportions of hares and rabbits, all I'm picturing is like bunny Slenderman. Mm. Slenderman is just uh, Slenderman is to human as hares are to bunnies. Uh, that's my hot take. If you go out in the spring, you can see the Slenderman boxing. Slenderman that jumping up and down through the woods. <laughs> when they're not but... on the hunt, they're actually kind of adorable. Yeah. Just, you know, Slenderman get a bad rap. <laughs> Slenderman petting zoo. If you hold out food, they'll come and eat it out of your hand. The food does have to be a baby, but you know. <laughs> they don't have mouths. No one knows how they eat the food, but it's not there anymore. <laughs> but yeah, like, I feel like your, your rabbits have the hairs on the surface. Mm-hmm. There, you know. And the you organs know. on the inside. That is true. Uh, little rabbit biology lesson for you. <laughs> but yeah, the Morlocks who are coming up from the bottom and have, you know, evolved to be airless and weird. 
a lot of animals evolved to be freaky little weirdos. It's a surprisingly common trait to develop. Mm-hmm. And the hares are at the top being creepy. I know so there's humans nearby. And you just got to deal with all this bullshit. My question is, mm. what would rabbit Eloy look like? Few pet rabbits would be the Eloy of this situation. Like, oh, because they're all pampered. Yeah, they're evolved to be like, well, you know, selectively bred to be like beautiful and, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Complicit, not complacent. Like, you know. I don't. I don't, I don't know the word you mean, but I know the idea you mean. Yeah. We'll just sit there and, like, let you pet them. So it's like an Angora rabbit. Yeah. Like, you can have one of those that's wandered into the burrow, and you're like, oh no, this, this rabbit has been domesticated. We need to go, I know, either freedom or get domesticated ourselves. This seems much better than this warlock Slenderman situation we're currently in. <laughs> Actually, I, I do like you're trying to get yourself domesticated. I like that because domestication is very much a generational process. Rabbits, they don't know that. Like, yeah, the rabbits think that tamed and domesticated is the same thing. Yeah. The rabbits would like to become pets now. Um, because currently, as mentioned, their house is full of Morlocks and Slendermen. Yeah, it's, it's less than ideal. I, I mean, I would let an <laughs> alien, like, keep me in, like, a nice little human hutch at the moment. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not going to kick shame. Just, you know, it seems much easier than trying to survive in modern-day Britain. As mentioned, I do live in a cave eating sea slugs, so that might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because yeah, you've got like the domesticated rabbits who are like, you know, they're, they're still rabbits, but they're just, you know, very like, sitting there staring into space. And you've got the hares. I feel like the Morlocks would be like... What? Blind... Blind mole rats? Like, they're not rabbits. But, like... They're weird little underground things. Maybe they're just regular moles. Maybe. Like... Oh, it's, it's like a rabbit that has lost its ears and gained built-in weaponry. Yeah, this is a true fact about moles. Uh, please don't look it up. <laughs> But yeah, like I do, I do actually like you know all the various other small fluffy things as seen by rabbits, who are like yeah, yeah you, these. You need to go full warrior cats with it. Mm. This complete alienation. Uh, warrior rabbits, one might call it. Mm. Um. So before we go, we made another game. We did. It has nothing to do with rabbits or baseball. But it does have pirates in space with laser swords and sci-fi guns. I guess there's nothing stopping you putting your baseball arc in it. No, absolutely not. I mean... Yeah. All of our games guaranteed you could put a baseball arc in them without breaking any of the mechanics. Yeah, there is... There's nothing in the rules that says you can't play baseball. But yeah, it will be out on... The 19th. Which is before this episode goes out. Yeah, so it's out now. Yeah, go go get it on it. It's called Pirates of the Red Spot, and 
if you didn't get Kymus, there's a deal where you can get both together bundled for twenty percent off. Um, so go go do that, and remember and to have, have a probably, probably bad, bad day. day.